Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I am Jillian Landis, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. Hello everybody, welcome to Braveheart Conversations. We're back for another week of shenanigans. Shenanigans, hello. <laughs> I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm here today with my co-host, Marie Wallace. Hello. And um, thank you to wherever you are joining us from, uh, whatever platform you have decided to view us on today. Thank you. Um, we are live in Facebook now every week. Uh, you can find us in our group, facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. You can also find us on Spotify and Podbean. So um, if you are wanting to see us live, pop over to our Facebook group. And with that said, let's dig, dig into in. our topic today. Um, we are going to be talking about the search we have in our heads for the one. The one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is a very common uh, conception in young people. I think it's perpetuated in a lot of the media, um, songs. Uh, Disney movies, like anything and everything. Like we have this perception that we're looking for our soulmate. Um, And so I want to dig into that a little bit today. I'm going to start with an article that I wrote last week. So here we go. The search for the one seems to add a ton of pressure to the dating scene. We are so consumed with finding the right person, our forever partner. We are therefore tasked with the impossible. Make sure you choose a human you can predict will be secure, loyal, ethical, responsible, fun, uh, respectful, beautiful, etc., etc., for the rest of their life. For the rest of your life. Well, shit. <laughs> Anyone who can do that has some impressive psychic abilities. The reality is, humans are a gamble. Life is a gamble. Part of what makes life beautiful is its uncertainty. We are constantly in a state of flow and change and evolution. We are constantly discovering more about ourselves, each other, and our surroundings. This doesn't stop until we die. Knowing this, how arrogant is it for us to think we can find the perfect human being who will never change, never reveal their (laughs) shadows, and never go down a path we are unwilling to follow? And how is it we can even assume this of ourselves? We aren't meant to stay the same, and it is horribly dishonoring to ourselves and to our partners to say, you must stay the same for me because you promised. You must prioritize our relationship above your own calling, your own intuition, and your own happiness because you promised. We weren't meant to stay the same in relationships, or we weren't meant to stay in relationships no matter how miserable we become. We weren't meant to stay in relationships no matter how much of our soul they demand. Our partnership is not our priority on this planet. Our soul calling is... Our purpose is, what were you meant to do with your time here? 
Any partnership is meant to enhance your ability to be and do what you are meant to be and do here, empowering you, complementing you. If your relationship is a distraction from your alignment and your purpose, it's time to refocus. A relationship equals a powerful union of two people, creating a greater ability to live in each other's purpose. Out of each other's intense love for each other, an illuminating light is lit, empowering more courage, strength, and ability to stand in one's power. When the relationship is the focus, it is directionless because its immense power is meant to be channeled toward a vision. That's beautiful. Well said. Um, this belief of finding the one, I know, wreaked havoc in my life and my relationships because um, I did feel that pressure to find that perfect person. And then there's another added layer of pressure. Once you think you've found the person, then you're like trying to make them stay that person. Which puts so much pressure on them too. I, I Just as you're saying that, as you're reading that, I could feel the pressure as if I was the other partner and go, oh my goodness, that's a lot of expectations someone has of me. And yeah, yeah and to get my purpose in at the same time, that's... Yeah, impossible mm -hmm. task list. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've experienced just as a coach, um, a, specifically a relationship coach, is sometimes there's this feeling of like, well, how dare you not say the relationship is the biggest, the highest priority? How dare you say that this could, you know, not, mm -hmm. that this could end instead of um, finding ways to make it work? And, um, for me, what has been very valuable as a relationship coach and even in my own life is to recognize it's not the highest priority. Mm -hmm. Like my calling, my inspiration is, and the same with my clients. It's more about, um, hearing from them, what do they want? And then getting more of that and just getting clear of what do you want? And then maybe it is that relationship that they want, which is great, but maybe, maybe they're identifying how they're relationship is not um, not lining up, not matching up with what they're saying they're wanting, not with the values they say they want. They're really just stuck in this pattern of making it work because you're not supposed to uh, leave that person. This is supposed mm -hmm. to be the one, right? You're holding on for dear life, which is, it's unhealthy for both of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so I just think there's like... There's so many layers of this, you know, the one, the soulmate. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts about... One of the things that you said that I really appreciated is that it's it's that the relationship enhances our purpose yeah. and, and where we're going and how we're going to navigate life. And each person contributes to that, whether it's a partnership, a loving partnership or a friendship or a coworker, which goes along with some of the other topics we've talked about. And if that relationship isn't supportive of where we're going and you're just constant, we know that we're always going to have some resistance and some, you know, disruption to the flow but when it's continually not contributing I think of it as um, a flower blossoming right 
um, when that gardener or that farmer goes and puts that seed in, it's not saying, okay, now you be a vegetable and I'm really, you know, a flower, right? It's like, you're going to be a vegetable. So it felt <laughs> like the same kind of thing as you're, you're going to be this for me and that for me. And it, it's just, it's unfair to both people, but it's also too high of an expectation and, and difficult for you to be your purpose because you're so busy. Mm-hmm. Monitoring someone else's business. <laughs> yeah, um, this really came up for me as I was thinking about when I left my marriage. I I really had to reevaluate vows and um, what I what I really came to the mm. conclusion about is I had made a lot of commitments that were very unrealistic and dishonoring to me because the reality is I my whole life is a process of discovery. I know what I want in this moment to a degree and then I don't know what the next phase no. of life looks like. I don't know what I want next. I don't know um, what I'm going to be inspired to do next. And so for me to make a promise imprisoning myself and tying myself to another human being that's basically unconditional that says no matter what, no matter how miserable we are, no matter how much <laughs> you know our lives want to go in different directions. Mm. I won't let you go and I won't go anywhere. I'll just stay right with you forever, no matter what. That's horribly dishonoring. And that's, that's it sounds like a life sentence. <laughs> yeah, definitely. A um, life sentence. And, and I'm not at all, and we've talked about this before, I'm not at all saying that I don't believe in long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm not at all saying I don't believe in lifelong partnerships. I believe that they're real. I believe they're beautiful. But I also believe that the best most beautiful, most connected relationships are based on now. Mm-hmm. It's a commitment right now. It's a commitment every that, day. It's a commitment every day. And it's a commitment I hold like this, mm-hmm. that I say, I love you so much that I'm willing to let you go. If I see that being tied to me is creating misery or is not in alignment with your inspiration, I love you enough that I would let you go. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's a bit of a paradox when you hold that energy and that space for each other, um, there's a safety in knowing I'm allowed to follow whatever I'm inspired mm-hmm. to do. It's a huge safety. Yeah, and so you An actually have yeah. a better chance of creating a, a beautiful relationship rather than saying, no matter what, whatever happens, it feels I'll be like with so you. Heavy. <laughs> it is. It it's heavy, and I've had to experience that heaviness yeah. many times before I finally got it through my head like hmm this is this is really not honoring to me or to other people and I do think an element of this goes back to that idea of like um, giving away our power to somebody else to make us happy Mm -hmm. you know when I find the one then I'll be happy Mm -hmm. and um, well if they fill all the things on your checklist (laughs) right the, the constantly evolving checklist. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, and I want that, too. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, honestly, our checklist is Well, we are changing and permanent. growing, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing that you can count on is change. And, mm-hmm. and you can also count on, and this is a realization that I had in a, in a Greek class that I took recently, is that nothing is permanent you, you will lose everything mm-hmm. including your life including you know love including there's we'll lose everything at mm-hmm. some point and being in that state of flow 
and things it makes it a lot easier if you kind not that we want to lose anything because because yeah. we're actually built for we want those things to last a little longer but it, it is easier if we can move in our life with knowing that things are going to constantly change and grow there'll be loss and there'll be gains and yeah, yeah accepting of that yeah i i want to dig into a little bit too that um i like i like what you said about how we're built for a relationship really mm -hmm. we're built for that connection i don't think we're built for um the it goes beyond attachment we are built for attachment but we are not built to have this security of i oh, own yes. you i guess yeah that ownership would yeah be. that's a great there's way a to there's say a that. There's a line between attachment and ownership, right? I can be attached to someone and still recognize that this person, um, it's okay if they leave my space. It's okay if there's if it's a season versus a lifelong partnership. Um, there's an attachment built there, but not an ownership. Not ever a you know I have a right to you now. Yeah. Um, which is some of what we talked about last week, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that entitlement, that entitlement. ownership. Um, but I do want to say, like, we are built for a relationship. And, like, the really cool thing is if we're in a relationship where I am fully, I know myself, I own myself, right? I, I step into my power. Um, I know what my calling is. And I'm operating in my gifts. Then being in a relationship actually is oh, massively empowering, right? So it's it's about just like in that article that I wrote at the end. There it talks about you know being in a relationship is a massive power. It's very powerful. Um, so if I'm already in my gifts, I'm already operating in my gifts. I'm already, I don't need anyone. And I'm with a partner who doesn't need anyone. We, we really desire each other, but we don't need each other. And then we're just enhancing our gifts and resources. It creates at that this point, beautiful, yeah. powerful light. Um, so we are, we are built for that. Um, it's just like anything else in life that I get to hold like this, you know, whatever possessions I have, whatever relationships I have, I get to hold them like this, knowing that they could disappear at any moment and they're valuable because of now, like mm. everything is temporary. Um, we're moving through this life and nothing is the same from one moment to the nothing. next. Yeah. And, um, and I get to fully enjoy all of my relationships, my home, my animals, my career, all of those things. They're constantly in shift and flow. So, um, we get to honor that relationships with our partners are the same way. I think knowing, um, that things are inflow and can change at any time and enjoying the present right now is a, a greater happiness yeah I feel that you you are more I feel that I'm more appreciative being in the now and and appreciating all that I have now exactly like you said still offering it up knowing that any point that nothing is permanent mm -hmm. but it, it just feels that it enhances that feeling a lot more and so appreciative yeah. of that particular time moment person feeling 
Yeah. And I, I want to contrast that with the opposite, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we trade a lot for security. Mm-hmm. We trade a lot for security. And so when... Harder with the devil. <laughs> yeah. So how many of us has, have stayed in relationships that were miserable, absolutely miserable, but they were secure? I have. Have you? Yeah. Yes. For years. Um, You know, staying in relationships that we know don't really support us. We know they're distracting from our purpose. We know we're putting up with behavior that we don't deserve um, and and keeping each other stuck. Or it takes away from us. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. A A lot of people feel very stuck and they know their partner's stuck too. But they keep just working at it. We're going to get through it. We're going to make it. And it's such an illusion, right? Mm -hmm. But it's safe. It feels secure. And so I think we often trade things for security, you know, for we want the permanency. And and I see this in jobs, too. This isn't just relationships, right? But how many of us have stayed in a job we're miserable at because, oh, the benefits are great, Mm -hmm. right? Or the pay is pretty good. I just really can't stand showing up every day, (laughs) you know? Um, so, and, and they phrase it just like that. It's the trade-off. It's it is. the trade-off for the security. And how much of our lives do we sacrifice for the security? We've conditioned ourselves that way, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's an illusion, you know, mm-hmm. because I have also watched people who did make the decision to stay in a job for the benefits and then got laid off. You know, it's an illusion. It's not mm-hmm. something that is really, truly going to be permanent. Even with relationships, you know, you can... Wake up one day and find that your partner's cheated on you, or mm-hmm. they have a health condition, or... They die. <laughs> yeah. Just, or whatever it is. Something yeah. changes, and it makes it a whole lot less stable. So, um, we trade things for the illusion of security very often. And I think the one is is very much like that. We have this, this comforting feeling... Mm-hmm. This comforting feeling of, I have this chance of having a secure relationship that's going to be forever, mm-hmm. and they're never going to change, and, and they're always going to love yeah, me. romantic. Yeah. And um, it, in reality, it's not It's not the same. There's something the reality much better, is, actually. Is we are the one. <laughs> yes. And then once you have realized you are the one then you have the capability and the possibility of finding a much deeper love mm-hmm. that may be a season or it may be a life partnership i don't know but once you've found the one inside mm-hmm. then like all bets are off like life is the most beautiful amazing thing and you're not living at the mercy of someone no. else as long as you're out there searching for the one you're at the mercy of somebody else, the idea of somebody else. Well, you're really not living either. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're in constant search mode and you're not in that present enjoy what's here and now mode. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to dig a little bit more into that idea of security too, because, um, you know, I've done a lot of studying about domestic violence recently and it's really interesting that one of the common denominators or the earmarks of a um, of a domestic violence relationship or a partnership that ends in a homicide was like they're very commonly um, I can't live without them. Yeah, they believe that the partner they're with is the one. 
And so they can't let them go, no matter how angry they make them, no matter how much there is strife. Fighting and, and tension. Yeah, yeah. That they really believe that that person is the one. They're never going to find someone else like that. Um, they know each other on a deeper level that nobody ever can reach. Um, it, there's this if I idea, can't have you, no one can. Yeah. 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 So um, I just found that really fascinating that that was such a, um, a big piece of domestic violence and how um, it's a little eerie to me because it's present in so many relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there were other, there were a lot of earmarks in domestic violence relationships that were like, oh, that's, that's interesting. A lot of them start very young. Um, a lot of times there's a big age gap between uh, oh, yeah. the man being older um, some financial security, maybe. yeah, yeah, uh, power differentials, power differentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was very interesting to see some of those patterns that really aren't that different. Um, they aren't that abnormal or unique. So. <laughs> Heavy stuff, right? It is. <laughs> we know how to get into that. It is. So I want to see what questions we have about the one. We have lots of hellos. Yeah, hello to Carter and Jessica and Heather, Brooke. And Robbie and Todd. And Colleen, Colleen. Nikki, hi. Um, Chuck. Kirsten. Daniel, Kristen. I hope you guys are all enjoying this. Deanna, Julie, Gio, Tyler, Vicky, Elena. So good to see all of you. What questions do you have? I'd love to hear any of your feedback or discussion about yes, um, we what would. we're talking yeah. about. Finding the one and really security and relationships, how that's kind of an illusion. And maybe, you know, what you've found about your own self-awareness and how that has con- contributed to better relationships and um, finding healthier people. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So I know for me, I have certainly found that my relationships have dramatically improved when I have dug into myself where I, and it's, I want to, I do want to talk about, we do need people. Like mm-hmm. it's not about walking through this planet and not needing anything or anyone. It's not about that. It's just all healthy relationships start with the health of the relationship with yourself. That's what we're talking yeah, about. And yeah, and it's not about needing your partner. No. So there's not a single person in my life that I couldn't lose and not be able to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, Including family. Right. Yeah. It would Anyone would be devastating to me, yes. but it's also something that um, I'm capable of that because I have myself. Nobody has that piece of myself that I can't right. you know, regain. Um, but I do think that I have, I've been in relationships where the belief was that we couldn't live without each other. Mm-hmm. And that's become kind of a romanticized thing to say is, I can't live without you. And um, and I think I've heard you say before. Yeah, Joe said that to one of his brothers once. He goes, Marie doesn't need me. He's like, what? Marie doesn't need you? And he said, no, and that's what I love the best about her is it takes the weight off of the other person, too. He goes, I know that if anything happens to me, that she'll be perfectly fine. Will she miss me? Will she be sad? Will she, um, will, will that be 
a devastating thing like you said well we miss each other yes for sure but but I don't need him I certainly think life is a lot better with him and I enjoy it and and is the journey easier yes but at any point if things like you said are so much resistance that either one of us is truly unhappy then then we have to look at other options hopefully not i mean there's like you said security in having that person but it's not i don't need him and he doesn't need me mm-hmm. and sometimes it makes you feel a little uncomfortable right he doesn't need me mm-hmm. oh it, it be, mostly because how we've been conditioned but honestly it's also the most freeing thing as well as we go oh he doesn't need me it's mm-hmm. a freeing feeling to know that someone's not counting on you for their happiness I heard this last week too one of the clients that I had is like well she how did he how was it said I make her happy. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. Very common Just belief. be very careful on that. If you feel that you're... I mean, it, does it feel good that we're, we feel that we're a part of someone's happiness? Sure it does. But if you feel that at any point that you're making them happy mm-hmm. or you want her to recognize that you're making her happy or doing things, it, it's just an indicator to maybe reevaluate. So something that really pinged for me as you were talking um, is this idea of not only that I need someone else, but there's a, a insecurity in me. If I feel that I'm not worthy, mm-hmm. very often what happens is I try to find people who need me. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by need it's is that not, wounded girl. It's the wounds. And so, you know, I've fallen into many caretaker roles because I felt so much better if they needed me. I also found myself in other relationships where, uh, like my my marriage, I was not the main financial earner, and so there was this big power differential, and and I know that it was it was vice versa. So instead of me being, I still played a caretaker role in in other ways, but in that particular scenario, like that was why you he stay. Felt yeah. that he was needed because. I needed his money. In fact, that was even said at the end is you can't, you can't leave me because you need my <laughs> money too much. And that was kind of the moment I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> well, and there's plenty of us that stay in the relationship because that's been said and we believe it and we believe that we can't get out of it and that we can't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I'd really love to, you know, ping on that is, Know that you can. You have plenty of support, plenty of resources. Mm-hmm. You can take care of yourself. Yeah, and any relationship where you feel that transactional energy, mm-hmm. like because I do this, you owe me. Because mm-hmm. you do this, I owe you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really icky energy. That's not love. That is not love. Love comes from a place of I I don't need anything from you. I choose you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to support myself financially, emotionally, like I'm able to support myself. I'm whole and healthy and you're whole and healthy and we choose each other. It's not about saying like, I'm financially inadequate so you can meet that need or you're emotionally inadequate and so I'm going to meet that need. That is, that it's transactional. And if you're noticing that you feel good about using your gifts 
because you're going to make that person a better person. Yeah, that's an indicator for you to look at why you're in that particular relationship yeah. we as get well. to be catalysts we're always catalysts for our partners and Definitely. other people when we stand in our power i love to use mm. the lighthouse um yeah. as you know for me i was that person running around chasing ships to <laughs> save right <laughs> and so really bringing myself back to this image of this lighthouse just stand there and shine a lighthouse be doesn't you. doesn't run yeah. around looking for ships to save it just stands there shining and when I do that, I'm a catalyst for everybody, mm -hmm. my partner included. Yeah. That's the way that we're built. Well, the ships find you when they yes. need you. When they are ready to see the light, when they're ready to receive the light, mm -hmm. they go looking for you. So um, that was a huge key for me. So especially in relationships, if you are looking for people to save, and again, feeling that, that need, that transaction, if they need me, then they owe me mm -hmm. right um that's that's icky that comes from a place of uh low self-worth mm -hmm. so when you believe you're enough you don't need somebody to fill that space of need for you it's not a transaction anymore it's just a choosing of each other all right Juicy. let me see if looks Good like stuff. we still don't have any questions all right you guys all got it Got it going on. Well, if if one comes up soon, yeah, just either type. Even if we've already decided to end the broadcast, then mm -hmm. please type it in there. We're really good about getting back to you. Or if you have a question or a concern or a, you need some more clarification, we're here. Yeah, and we love um, if you guys ever have feedback about topics that you would like for us to talk about, please Those give are us fun. recommendations or um, if you have questions about what we've talked about already or challenges or ways that that has impacted your life or even just scenarios that you have that you feel conflicted about that you would like us to speak about. Share um, your stories too. We yeah. can share your stories. We'd love that. So um, with that, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. This has been yeah. a great um, episode. I hope you will join us again next week. And we hope to see you then. Yes. Um, again, you can find us on facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations, and you can find us on Podbean and Spotify. So if you would like to email us any questions, my email address is defytheaverage at gmail.com. And, and mine is marie at mariesgold.com. So we hope to hear from you, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye, guys. Would you just stop me?